0: So as we continue together, many of you know we've been in this series about hospitality. We're going to talk today specifically about the Holy Spirit. Because the more that I am learning about God's call on us as a people, as a church, to be a people of hospitality, the more I realize how dependent we are and should be on the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the lives of people around us. And how much the Holy Spirit wants to lead us and to be with us and guide us as we seek to be people of hospitality. God does not intend for us to do this on our own, but as an outpouring of his care for us and to others. So I just wanna share something that happened to me this week, and I'll tell you about it as we go, but uh, this began a couple weeks ago and I was just sitting at my desk in my office responding to emails at my computer, and seemingly out of nowhere, uh, somebody came to my mind who I haven't seen for over a year. and I haven't really thought about her for over a year. And her face came into my mind and lingered in my mind. That's the best way I can describe it. So I finished the email that I was writing, and since she just kind of continued to be in my awareness, I took a couple minutes and wrote her a quick note just to let her know that she was on my mind, that I was thinking about her, and I had no idea how that would land in her life or what was going on. And I'll talk more about that later. But I feel like all the time I am learning more and more about what it means to be led by the Spirit. And some of you are much further along in the way of this than I am, and we have so much to learn from one another. But even as someone who is growing and learning about what it means for the Spirit to guide moment to moment, I just want to say that I think there is nothing else in all human experience like being in God's presence and being aware of God's presence with us. I just think it's the best, and it is what God wants for all of us, to know that he is with us, and for us, and in us, guiding us day by day, moment by moment, in the big and little things. And that no matter what is going on in your life, the presence of God, and living with a deep awareness of God's presence with you, (laughs) And for you is so good and i think sometimes we think that that's reserved for a certain type of christian but it's not what scripture tells us repeatedly is that if you trust jesus christ that he has given you his spirit so i just want to say as we get started if that sounds kind of foreign to you whether you are exploring faith or you've been a christian for a while I'm just so glad that we're having this conversation this morning. And if it feels like newish territory, you are not alone in that. There was a recent book written about the Holy Spirit, and I love the title, and it's called This The Forgotten God, Reversing Our Tragic Neglect of the Holy Spirit. And some of our women did this Bible study in the well last year, but it acknowledges that the church sometimes doesn't always do a great job with the mystery of the third person of the Trinity. And even if we do, There is always so much more for us to learn. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, right? Romans 11, we never stop learning about God and how God is at work. So I'm eager to look into God's word this morning and hopefully we'll learn something more about the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit influences our lives in this call to be people of hospitality with the people and places that God has sent us. So let's pray and we'll open up the word together. Oh God, what an amazing thing that you send your spirit to be with us and in us. You are so good and we long to know you more and know what it means to live in your glorious presence day to day. So God, would you be our teacher this morning Would you teach us more of who you are and more of who we are in you? We give you ourselves. Teach us, Spirit, in Christ's name, amen. So we're gonna begin in Ezekiel this morning in the Old Testament. And God gave this promise then to uh, his spirit when they were in exile. This is about 580 BC. And the people of Israel were struggling. They were suffering. And God gave them this promise, he said, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God." So God's people were given this promise that he would put his spirit in them and that that spirit would move them to follow his ways and that God would change their hearts and the ways that they were living because of this spirit. And that was part of their identification as God's people. And then in the New Testament in John 14, just to go back to John where we've been much of this year, I think it's so interesting that the week before Jesus was crucified on the cross, before he knew he was leaving his disciples and ascended to heaven, this is what he had to say to them in John 14. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So this is another promise of the Holy Spirit for those who love and trust Jesus, that the Spirit lives with you and is in you, that he will make his home with you. It's an amazing promise. And I just want to say, we are not going to be able to plumb the depths of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit or the Trinity this morning, but I do want to wade in To this mystery god intends for us to know him so let's just begin by asking this question who is the holy spirit and someone who is a really important really mentor to me from afar is tim keller and he's done a lot of work and preaching and teaching and study about this and i've learned so much from him and listening to his sermons and one of the things that he has done is really digest this question who is the Holy Spirit? And I love how he boiled it down. He said, The Holy Spirit is the personal divine resident of every Christian's heart. The Holy Spirit is the personal divine resident of every Christian's heart. And I love where he begins with this personal. The Holy Spirit is a person. These passages, I don't know if you heard it, that we just read use the pronoun he and him, not it, as we sometimes say about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an energy or a vibe or a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. And in Ephesians 4.30, we learn that the Spirit can be grieved. In Hebrews 10, we learn that the Holy Spirit can be outraged. In Romans 15, we see that the Spirit loves these are personal traits that are not true of just an energy. Because the Holy Spirit is a person, we can be in relationship with Him, with God through Him. And not only is the Spirit a person, He is divine, He is God, He's co equal with the Father and the Son. And in John 14, we get this little glimpse of the beauty and the mystery of the Trinity, this God three-in-one, the uniqueness of each person, their work and their roles, but each equally and fully God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We see the connectedness and the interconnectedness of their love for us and the way that they come to us and speak. Sometimes they refer to themselves as we and our, and sometimes he and my and I think sometimes it can just give us like spiritual vertigo. Like, whoa, this is just so much for us to try to grasp. But this is what I love in this passage. Just see if you can just follow this string. The Father sends a spirit in the Son's name to remind us of the Son's words that are not his own but belong to the Father. Did you get that? Does that just make sense? There's just so much. The Father sends a spirit in the Son's name to remind us of the Son's words that are not his own but belong to the Father. It's this interconnected amazing way that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work. There's more. This divine person, God's very spirit, we hear takes up residence in every Christian's heart. We saw in both the Old and the New Testament that God puts his spirit in his people and makes his home in them. It's this language of dwelling and abiding, this language even of hospitality. But what does that mean that a divine person lives in us, in people, and makes his home in us? How do we understand such really an amazing thing? We're actually going to do a whole sermon series on this because it's so important next year. But for this morning, I just want to share an image. It's kind of like an allegory that's been helpful to me. Uh, And it comes from the idea of this book, My Heart, Christ's Home. And I just think, I love this. It's interesting to me how much this cover looks like the cover of our red carpets cover. And again, there's this connection between the presence of the Spirit and the work of hospitality that we have been learning about. So this may or not be help, may, or may not be helpful. Always, you know, these descriptions are limited. But this is one way that I'm thinking and learning about what it means for the Spirit, the person of God, to make his dwelling in me. So when someone special, someone I love and can't wait to see, comes into my house, like the actual physical house that I live in, I do what I can to ready my space for them, to set up our home in ways that I think will make them comfortable. I think about what they like to eat, and I put that food in the refrigerator. I make sure that their room is clean and cozy. And then when they're in my house, I just want to spend as much time with them as I can and catch up and ask them questions and hear everything that they have to say, and just be with them. And even if that means in the morning, just sitting beside them on the sofa, reading independently, but having a cup of coffee and just being in their presence. I just want to be near them and to rest with them. And I'm just so glad to have them in my home. And when someone is special in our house, we all just kind of seem to gather around where they are. The kids want to tell them everything and play games and sit on their lap. And we all seem to speak more kindly to one another when someone specials in our house. We seem to have more patience for one another, and we, we don't do things like turn on the TV during dinner or have our noses in our phones because that person is right there with us, one of our favorite people. So instead of being distracted, we make a point to sit down and share a meal and have good conversation around the table. And it's not that we're faking it. It's that this person's presence actually lifts the rest of us up we're so glad to have them with us and we're so sad when they're gone we notice when they leave and in some small way i think that this is a picture of what it looks like for the holy spirit to be the personal divine resident in our heart in a sense we actually have the privilege of offering hospitality to god's spirit to honor his presence in our lives And thankfully the holy spirit does not require that our home the home of our heart be spotless and all cleaned up before he comes he comes to us because the father has sent him in jesus name he comes because jesus has made us holy he comes by the grace of god to come and dwell in us not because of anything we've done to ready our hearts but because of the work of god in jesus christ But a life that's surrendered to God is a space that is hospitable for the Holy Spirit. And we can choose to give our attentiveness to this divine resident or not. And we can listen well to the things that he wants to say to us or not. We can prioritize his presence and remove distractions to tend to him or not. And as Eric said last week, God allows us to wound him to be inhospitable to His Spirit as He lives in us. That would be a wound to God. So I think it's an important question for us to ask, is my life hospitable to the Holy Spirit, to this personal divine resident that the Father has sent in Jesus' name to come and dwell in us? So I just wanna remind you, if you are a Christian, the Spirit of God dwells in you. And is He an honored person do you give him attention? Do you enjoy his presence? Is he someone that you rest and delight in, or is he taken for granted and ignored? It's an amazing thing that we could offer hospitality to the God who has offered it to us first. It's an amazing thing. So when I want to just come back to this passage, especially in John 14, and ask, not only who is the Holy Spirit, but how is he at work in us? What does this divine personal resident do in us? And there's, a, of course, more than we can say this morning, but this word in John 14 is used twice, and it's the advocate. And so I want to just come back. And in these verses, at the beginning and end of what we looked at, it says, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. And then he says, The advocate, the Holy Spirit, who the Father sends in my name, will teach you all things will remind you of everything I have said to you. So this word for advocate here in the Greek is paraclete. And I love this because it's just too rich of a word for our language to capture. So if you lined up a bunch of different translations next to each other, they translate this word in all different ways. So where it says advocate, they might use helper or counselor or intercessor, or comforter, or friend. And I love that, I love when words are too big for us to be able to capture, because it means that it's so significant, it just means multiple definitions to get at what God wants us to see here. Because the Spirit is all these things, an advocate, our helper, our counselor, our intercessor, our comforter, our friend. And again, you can hear these are words of hospitality, of welcome, of relationship. God offers us hospitality through the presence of his spirit. But this word paraclete, it's a compound word. So para means not to be in front of or behind, but to be alongside. And then this word, uh, this verb for cleat is to call or to declare. So the paraclete, is a, the Holy Spirit is one who comes alongside of the believer. We hear that tenderness, that coming alongside as a f- helper or a friend. But often, the best understanding of the paraclete also has a, a strength with it, that of a strong legal advocate on our behalf, one who comes alongside us not only with comfort, but one who stands with you at your side and represents you, one who is for you, one who pleads your case and defends you, one who defends you against the evil one, one who defends you against the wages of sin, one who defends you even against, as First John says, the condemnation of your own heart. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you and reminds you of what God has done for you in Jesus Christ, always pointing to the forgiveness that God has given to us in Christ and reminding us that in him we are made holy. And over and over again, we see the Holy Spirit remind us of what Jesus has done And then Jesus is always pointing to the glory of the Father. Again, it's the beauty of the work of the Trinity. They're never seeking glory for themselves, but giving it to one another. And again, we're not going to be able to get to all these things, but I just want to give you this list that's been really called together from Scripture. Here are eight different things that we see throughout the Bible of things that the Holy Spirit does and the specific forms of his activity. So here are some things. He shows people the things of Christ. He reminds us of Jesus and points to the things of Christ. He teaches people of things to come. So the Holy Spirit is actually at work before something happens, prompting us, showing us, telling us about things that will come. It says he teaches people all things and quickens our memories of past teaching. That's from John 14, that he will remind us of the things that Jesus has already said to us. You may have had that experience when God reminds you of something that you knew to be true, and he brings it to mind. The Spirit bears witness to Christ, dwells in believers. And then I love this. Other things shown in the context, such as greater works than those of Christ. And earlier in John, I think it's 13, Jesus says, I will send you the Holy Spirit, and you will do even greater things than I have done. That is amazing, because we've been given the Spirit of God. And then finally, the Spirit convicts us of sin and righteousness and judgment. So I want to jump back to what happened this week, all because this woman's face came into mind. You know, I'm learning now that I expect and hope that those are promptings from the Spirit, but I don't know. But after I wrote uh, her that little email, she emailed back, a day or so and just said that she would love to connect and so we got something set up for just this past wednesday just four days ago and what's interesting to me is that a couple days before we were scheduled to get together i think on monday she actually um, wrote and canceled our meeting to do something else that's when i know i have some pride and self-glory issues um, and that i need the spirit to work on me Cause her change in plan, she just wrote, she had to do something else. Um, and that was a wound to my pride. I felt kind of set aside for something better to do. But that was one way that I actually knew that the spirit was at work because she quickly uh, circled back and then uncancelled our meeting. And I had, you know, these quick thoughts of pushing her off. I had a busy week. I thought, you know, if you don't have time for me, I don't have time for you in that horrible self-righteous way. But that is where I was reminded that the Spirit convicts us of sin and self righteousness. And God reminded me of all that we are learning about hospitality and what it means to make space for others. And so He overrode my self centeredness by His grace. And even though my ego took a little hit, that meeting was set up. And I hate that I have to tell you that, but I do. But it's also been this reminder to me that even when something is the Spirit's prompting, even when God has put something, together, which I now know that he was, it doesn't mean that there won't be challenges or distractions. Whether it's because of our own pride or fear or the enemy just wanting to thwart the plans of God. Just because something doesn't exactly line up doesn't mean that God wants you to continue to follow through on something that he's put in front of you. So when I showed up at this woman's door on Wednesday morning, again, not knowing anything about how she was, I found a young woman who was, in her words, on the edge of a cliff, on the brink of collapse, at the very end of herself. And she knew it, and I knew it almost the moment that she opened the door. And as heartbreaking as it was for me to encounter this woman in such crisis, I was, and she was too, filled with such gratitude that after a year that the spirit had just brought her face into my mind. And I now know that she had canceled because of her fear of being seen in such desperation. And so I was also so grateful that the Spirit had stayed me in the midst of my own pride to extend grace and time to her. And we knew him there with us as we sat. And we just pushed the coloring books and the placemats to the side. There was no energy or effort even to tend to those things. And she told me about everything. And I spent much of our time together in tears, really overwhelmed with her grief. And of course, while she shared, in God's grace, the Spirit brought two women to mind from our church who have walked the road that she is walking. And I knew that they could care for her in ways that I couldn't. I couldn't go in and understand the things that she was dealing with in the way that they could. And so I asked her, as those faces came into my mind, would you be open to them coming alongside you, being called alongside to walk with you? And she was so eager And hungry for that because she's been so lonely and so this is even more a gift of the spirit on my way back to church as i was driving i called those two women and what i love is that he had done something in both of their lives that very day that one they could pick up my phone call one at work and one homesick that god had orchestrated things in their life that day that they could respond to this need One went with her yesterday, one's meeting with her tomorrow. The way that they responded with this readiness and kindness was such a beautiful expression to me of holy hospitality. They were making themselves available to give care to this stranger, to give comfort to one whose heart is crippled and broken, who is weary from struggle. And these two women now from our church are pursuing a relationship that has really no gain for themselves. And I see now, just four days later, that from the Holy Spirit's initial bringing this woman to mind, to holding me against my own sinful self-pride, and everywhere in between, all the way to clearing the way for these two women who would be able to go in and extend this godly hospitality and care to this woman. The Holy Spirit was leading and convicting and guiding and protecting and working. It's such a beautiful thing to be carried along in this way. And God does it for us. He makes the way for us if we would listen, if we will listen and tend to him. So I want to close by just sharing a very practical thing that has helped me um, to be more attentive to the Holy Spirit, and especially as I think about hospitality. And then Dave's going to come and lead us in prayer so we can process some of this with the Lord. But I do think this is helpful for us as we think about being people of hospitality. I don't know actually if there's a more official name for this, I just call it three-way listening and it's something that I do every day now. Uh, I've learned it from Emily Kreider, who's part of our church. But this experience that I just shared about is a great example of three-way listening and it's simply this. Seeking one, to listen to the person that I am with in that moment. While two, I listen to the Holy Spirit And three, while also listening to myself. So let me try to just explain that briefly. So first, when I am with another person, like as I was on Wednesday morning, I really seek to give them my full attention and to really hold them in my presence as someone who bears the image of God. No matter what their circumstances or how we have connected, to remember that this is somebody who's loved and treasured by God try to honor them by turning off my phone and putting it out of reach so that I can do everything I can to focus my attention on them and not just to hear them, but to listen deeply, to seek to understand what it is that they are talking about so that I can seek to meet them there. So I'm seeking to listen, one, to the person in front of me, but at the same time, secondly, I'm also trying to listen to God on their behalf. And thankfully, I don't actually have to listen very hard. Instead, something something like the faces of these two women comes across my mind. I know, that's God's prompting. And so I'm not really straining my ear. I'm able to really pay attention to this person in front of me while also always being open and asking, God, is there a word of hope that you want me to give to this person? Is there a question that you have that might clarify something for them? Is there something from your word or an insight or an outside perspective? And I know that we need to be careful as we listen to people. And this is what I love about the Holy Spirit, because there are so many things that kind of go in one part of my mind and out the other. And I just trust that if the Holy Spirit has something for me to share with another person, he will hold it there for me. So I don't worry if I forget something, because I believe the Holy Spirit will hold it there for that person to be shared so I'm listening intently to the person I'm with. I'm trying to keep open to something that God would say to me on their behalf. And then third, I'm trying to also listen to myself because sometimes, as it was on Wednesday, the person I'm with, I will be so, um, I will be so caught up in their grief. Or someone will say something that will touch a memory of mine or a personal wound. And so many times, I can kind of be gentle with myself and acknowledge whatever has stirred up but often, I don't need to bring that into the conversation with someone. I know that I can tend to myself some another time or with the Lord if that's needed. But I also know that there sometimes is something that God might stir up in me from my own life that he does have to share with another person. And so I can listen to him as I listen to my own heart and trust that he will bring it to mind. So I simply share this practice of attending, listening to the people that we're with, number one, listening to the Holy Spirit, and listening to our own selves. As we think about hospitality, as we think about making space for other people as a way to listen uh, to them and to see what God is doing around them. And I, again, just want to say this is so great that God does this for us, that God speaks to us, that God prompts us, that God guides us in this way and delights us. To do that. And as we think about being people of hospitality, that we would be able to depend on this God to lead us and to give us everything that we need to uh, be for and with, to come alongside the people that God has put in our lives. So I want to bring Dave up to lead us in prayer, to reflect on some of these things as we continue to grow and ask God to guide us uh, in all these things. So Dave, lead us. Thanks, (laughs) Jan.
1: Let's pray together. God, when we consider you, we um, often, even though it's difficult, we think, we think of you as transcendent and infinite, um, this creation around us that overwhelms us with beauty and, and power and majesty. While those things are true about you, infinite and transcendent, you are also intimate, that you make your home inside of us, inside of our hearts. And that, for me, Lord, I confess, is even harder to wrap my mind around and to believe. But your word says it's true and evidence points that way as well, Lord. Thank you for the testimony uh, that Jane shared this morning of the way that your Spirit has worked in her own heart. Lord, we want that as well. God so often when we think about hospitality and living it out in our own life, we um, use all sorts of criteria except for your Holy Spirit. We consult our calendar we consult our doctrine we can consult, consult um, our calendar um, how we're feeling our energy level but rarely lord do we actually seek to see what your holy spirit is saying about the person who might be in front of us or the um, the face in our mind and, and how you might be leading god so often we calculate our capacity in hosp- hospitality just based off of the way we see ourselves in our own resources But God, um, when you uh, make your home inside of us, you also give us your power by your spirit, your capacity to love, to listen, to endure, to share patience, even share pain and suffering with others, Lord, because of your spirit in us. So Lord, expand our mind, our imagination about how we can interact with people that are strangers in our world, so that through our hospitality in your spirit, that they would no longer be strangers, but beloved children of God. So Lord, we think about our families, we think about our workplace, we think about this very city, Boulder, Colorado, and we ask that we as an entire community would be led not by what feels safe, not by the rules that we set up for ourselves as Christians of right and wrong, not by protocols that, um, that guide us so often in our faith, but by your spirit, your living person, your love and joy and wisdom and compassion that you share in your presence in us. We want to be led by you, God. Maybe, may that be true. God, may our hearts also be led in worship as we praise you, as we enjoy your presence in us, in this space, in this community. We love you, God.